Welcome to the Politics of Everything. I'm Amber Danes, your host and podcast producer. This is a half hour of power, a podcast dropping every week where I unpack the politics of everything, from money to motherhood, nutrition to narcissism, startups to secularism, the environment, quality, and much, much more. Our guests are seasoned in the field or topic of their choice, even if you've not heard of them yet. This is a non-partisan show. So while I love exploring varied views and get a buzz from a healthy debate of ideas, this is not a purely blue, white, green program. Please subscribe, tune in and enjoy the politics of everything. Empowerment can be defined as promoting one's self-worth and ability to make choices and the right to influence social change for us and others. It's closely aligned with female empowerment, a fundamental human right that's also the key to achieving a more happy, healthy and wealthy state of play. In Western countries, female empowerment is often associated with the specific phases of the women's rights movement in history. This movement tends to be split into three distinct waves. The first beginning in the 19th and early 20th centuries where suffrages were a key feature. The second wave of the 1960s included the sexual revolution and the role of women's society. Third wave feminism is often seen as beginning in the 1990s. Women's empowerment and promoting women's rights have emerged as a part of a major global movement and it's continuing to break new ground in recent years. Days like International Women's Empowerment Day are also gaining momentum. But despite a great deal of progress, women and girls continue to face discrimination and violence in every part of the world. And the idea that we can all have it all, a career, a great relationship, a family that thrives and our own well-being has even lost some sparkle in 2023. My guest, Alison Wheeler, is a true powerhouse in life and business, and she's kind of a superwoman, or as her book is titled, Living from the Inside Out, How to Become a Modern Day Wonder Woman. One topic that's bound to spark some passionate discussion, and in this book, she advises women on how to unleash superpowers to create health, wealth, and happiness that they desire. Alison is a world-renowned confidence and business coach, a multidisciplined, award-winning performance athlete, and a celebrated entrepreneur. Her success as an athlete and entrepreneur is magnetic, and her presence is real, raw, and authentic, and it's with great pleasure I welcome Alison to the politics of everything. Thank you, Amber, so much for having me on. Podcasting remotely can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. Since day one of the politics of everything, I have relied on Zencaster's all-in-one solution to make the process quick and painless, the way it should be for those of us who just love great content and want to get our ideas out into the world. If you know me, I'm obsessed with quality in terms of my guests, my sound, and everything about my show has to be great the first time. I'm time poor. It's so easy to use Zencaster. I'm not tech savvy and you don't need to be either. There's nothing to download. Just click on the link and off we go. Zencaster is all about making your podcasting experience easy and with everything from local recording to automate post-productions now in their toolkit, you don't have to leave your browser to get that episode done and done fast. I have a special offer for you and I hopefully you can experience what I have with Zencaster. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my VIP code, the politics of everything, all lowercase in one word, to get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. How good is that? I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Well, I'm really excited about, you know, talking to you because I, I'd love to know what young Alison wanted to be when she was a kid. Did you think you would actually be a superhero of some sort? Did you want to be an athlete? <laughs> what, was, what was your childhood dream, if you like, and how did you sort of evolve from that? Yeah, I think I was involved 
we were a pretty sporting family. My dad was an athlete. So we were very involved in sport from as long as I can remember. So from a, I guess, uh, sporting perspective, I sort of saw that as a future direction. But then as I went along, I loved helping other people. And then I had this tangent, I wanted to be a pilot. I remember that quite vividly. But I'd keep coming of coming back to just doing anything that would help other people and bring people joy. So, uh, but did I think I would be where I am today? Absolutely not. <laughs> no way. Uh, I, I, I think I always had a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit because I used to, you know, put my little lemonade stand out the front and all of those things, even as, you know, from, from pretty young. So I knew it would be something a little bit different. I just didn't quite know what what that really what 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 do I want to be when I grow up right I don't know (laughs) a lot of people don't I think so and I think we have so many careers and so did so straight out of school did you study or do something you know I guess you know in the years between you know leaving school and where you are today were there some sort of distinct career moments or study moments that you kind of remember Oh, I'm not sure if you want me to go down that path, but I will like to keep changing my mind there too, right? So <laughs> um, I started, I actually studied dietetics to begin with because I thought I wanted to be a dietitian. And then you got, you know, started down that path and got quite into that degree. And I realized this is more about grinding up food and beakers than it's actually about helping people, than it's mm. really about people. And I'm like, oh, Nope, that's not it. So then I changed and I did uh, sports science. But then I'm like, well, what am I really going to do with that? So I changed again and ended up becoming uh, doing a Bachelor of Health Science that was kind of the final stint in university and majored in occupational therapy. And what I think why that resonated with me so much is it looks as a person as a whole. So you're not just a part, you're a whole person. You've got a dichotomy of things going on and you know if something's not working over in one area it's not that one area it's it's okay what's the global impact of that why is that area out of whack so I think it just really resonated with the way that I had been brought up uh, and my kind of way I looked at the world so that's where I sort of fell into which is then obviously fell into more of the coaching and down that path I went that all makes sense, though, when you think about that trajectory and I guess your other hats that you wear, you know, being a, a performance athlete and things, that all kind of comes together, I guess, in some ways. Yeah, bizarrely, as much as it looks like on the outside, I'm sure to my family, it looks like we can just <laughs> up your mind. What you're just doing. finish something, Alison, please. <laughs> it's like I just couldn't quite find. I didn't, I didn't know where I fitted in. I couldn't find what that was. I didn't seem to fit into all of the normal things. So if I didn't fit into the, all the normal things, which is perfect, we're talking about women's empowerment. If you don't fit into all the normal things, then what do you fit into, right? Yeah, like you don't even really. fit into the definition of what society expects you to be. That's a tough place to start. And I kind of never really fitted into that and never wanted to fit into that normal model of whatever normal is. Uh, so defining my own path and my own way and my own sort of, things that something that fitted with the way I saw the world or saw the way the world could be uh was you know just just I've meandered a little yeah absolutely and here you are so how do you define female empowerment and is there an example that really showcases what you mean by that I think for me, from the perspective of what I truly believe female empowerment is is 
authentically sharing your voice and authentically sharing who you truly are without reservation, without concern about everyone else, because I think innately people are good. They're not going to go out harming each other anyway, really. That's what I really think female empowerment is. Whatever that expression is to you, because I think it's a little different for everybody, what everyone's gifts here are, but you are so uniquely you, no one else can be that. Yet we are so... I think particularly as women taught to be the good girl to you know do the right thing and but all that does is kind of puts us in a box and and we and I think over time and I can see this sort of come already starting for my daughter she's shaping who she is based off how other people will react and I'm working doing everything in my power to ensure that she sees a different viewpoint because I want her to hold on to everything that is innately who she is because that's her beautiful gift to the world. So does that answer your question? (laughs) It does. Look, the other F word feminism has mixed connotations for many of us and I find it quite generational in some ways. That 1970s version of feminist marching for the right to work once married, for example, may seem so irrelevant to what female role models today talk about. How do you feel about the term feminism and how we apply it? And do you think it's become weaponized, um, maybe even against women in some ways? Yeah, actually, you know, when when I saw this question, Amber, that you sent over, I think it has. I think it has been, I don't think it has good connotations anymore. And I would have never considered myself a feminist. But why? I I always want to ask people why. And I still don't see myself as a feminist. I see myself for... Uh, but, and, and I think the reason is because it has that, well, your own, it, it's still boxy, right? It's still yeah. boxes, it's a label that boxes you in to, well, that means you think this, you know, and you're just wielding this woman's rights. Well, well, it's not just, I just happen to be a woman. So therefore I, I and I can see what society, the message that is out there in society, what that's doing to women. So I'm very passionate about that, but I'm also passionate about people. So it's not, you know, I think that when you, it's not all exclusive or all inclusive. Uh, I think when you label something, you just rule out so many, so many other things. And and then how do you get out of that label? Once you're labeled, you know, you're, oh, you're just a feminist. It's, that tends to be the label that's put on people, right? It's like, well, no, actually I advocate for people to have their own voice and to follow their own heart and to follow their own path. So I'd rather, I guess, label myself if I was to be more of that kind of an advocate. It's funny though, I I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a feminist whatsoever because I still think that's important. I mean, people, women in sport are still paid less. Exactly. There's lots of work to do. I think that's the the point in some ways. Exactly. There's still so much work to be done. There's still discrepancies in the workplace. Um, And I think that's why I love the entrepreneurialism side of things is because you have more freedom. You know, there's nothing then wrong with that. But then if you out earn your husband or your partner, that can cause issues because we've still got these you know, societal theories around, you know, the woman's in the house and they raise the kids and they look after the house, yes, but they also are doing all the other stuff as well. And then if you are out earning your husband, then 
you know, they can feel disempowered. Like there's so much that goes on with that whole concept that we could probably spend about an hour talking about it. <laughs> we won't. We'll stay, I'll try and stay on track. <laughs> no, I think it's an interesting sort of deep dive into it because in some ways I think that's the challenge when you were trying to apply an idea, an ideology to a reality, how it works for women is still very different. You know, we, we always, it's the same statistics all the time, how long it's going to take us to have equal pay you know, 100 years or something, and now it's maybe gone down to 99. It's like barely moving the needle on these things and even things like, you know, there's more men named Andrew on ASX boards than women, for example, and and those sorts of statistics just don't seem to shift that much, even if all this kind of fast peddling is happening at a much more granular level. And I think that's, I guess, the frustration sometimes with how we position ourselves and how we label ourselves because we don't want to be on the outer anymore but how do you get that sit at the table without some sort of anarchy if you like you know in the in the you know oh, yeah. the most non-violent way possible but you know that I guess that's the challenge for women and I think too you know there's still so many women are not speaking up and are not seeing their worth and communicating that worth so empowering women to really step up and be heard and that is challenging, like you, because you do face against quite and but communicating your worth in a way that's not necessarily that male or masculine domineering way. There's so you know that's still authentic to yourself. There's it's assisting women to really be able to stand in their own worth and communicate it, and we still have. I agree with you. We have a lot of work to go in that area. Absolutely. So your book, Living from the Inside Out, How to Become a Modern Day Wonder Woman, tell us a little bit about why you wrote it and what's it all about. For sure. Well, the reason I wrote it, when I turned 40, I remember distinctly looking in the mirror when I turned 40 and I thought, I don't like what I see. And I thought, this is ridiculous. Am I going to live the rest of my life feeling like that? And it wasn't that I wasn't putting in the work. Obviously, as an athlete, you know, my like nutritionally was great. Like I would watch everything. I'd do all of those things. I was a mom. I was, a, you know, a dog mom, a wife, an entrepreneur, you know, like doing all the things. But still, when I looked in the mirror, I didn't like what I see. And I thought, you know what, I'm drawing a line in the sand. I do not want my daughter to be raised thinking the same thing. I don't want her to stand in the front of a mirror at 40 and feel the way I feel when I'm looking in the mirror. So I drew a line in the sand to go, well, you know what? That's enough. I am going to stand in front of the mirror and I'm going to love what I see and I'm going to express that out in the world. I don't want to keep changing, feeling like I'm changing who I am to fit into the world the world can just start to fit into who I am and people will like it or love it. They'll be attracted to me or not attracted to me one way or the other. So really went deep diving into that journey and, you know, from all sorts, every angle you can think of. And that's what the book was born out of. And it's this largely mindset because it all starts on the inside uh, the mindset transitions and the, it's a very actionable book. The How the heck do you go from where you are to where you really want to be, loving yourself and getting out of the superwoman mentality because I think the superwoman mentality is 
I can do everything, but I've got to do it all myself. It's exhausting and unfulfilling, I think, into the day. It's really impossible. Let's let's call it what it is, you know. It is. It's an absolute impossible reality to sustain, at least to burn out all of those things, faced all of that. To the modern-day Wonder Woman, which to me is someone who embraces who they are, understands their strengths and their limitations, which are situational anyway, but is also so very, very happy to utilise assistance and help and build a team to support themselves in order to then further express themselves in whatever that looks like. And that for me is why who I wrote the book for, that for me is why I wrote the book because I think I just want to see people express who they truly are and stop holding back. So you talk of female superpowers through sort of three steps, reflect, decide and act. How do these work in a practical sense? And is it something every woman at any age can achieve? Obviously you had your, you know, decision to kind of go down this mindset path in your 40s. Is it something that is uniquely around that stage of life or do you think it's something that younger and older women might get something out of as well? I think any age, I think the earlier you're introduced to the idea that you actually have superpowers and they're more than likely the things that you've been told you're too much of or too, you know, you know how people say to you. like you're so much or you're too this or you're too bossy or too too loud. Too nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, I hope no one disguised me as nice. Not that I'm not a good person, but nice just makes me sound so bland. (laughs) Right? Or you're too... Uh, you're too aggressive or you're you're too goal-focused. Like I grew up with a whole lot of your twos. You're too this, you're too that. It's like, but that's who I am. I don't, I, I'm, I'm wired that way and I'm happily wired that way. I am here for a purpose. So I think at any age in this, when people can tap into their purpose, it radiates out. And then, so I don't think it's age dependent. Reflect decide and act is around discovering the awareness of those superpowers, then creating the space to make a decision in a different way and then act. Because if you can't see it, well, number one, you don't have enough awareness to change it. You do then need to create some space so that you can do things in a different way because otherwise we just continue the same old, same old, right? And then the action step, well, that's the follow through because nothing changes if nothing changes. So I do feel that it is appropriate to any age. Do I think we tend to have moments throughout our life at certain ages where we tend to wake up and have more awareness? Yeah, I do. And I've seen that over with a lot of women that I've worked with at certain ages, there's just a number of different things that happen that are that are wake-up points. But that's not necessarily aged fixed. I think it's more life experience fixed. And we have awakenings at different ages. And if you're in an awakening phase, which sometimes also feels awfully uncomfortable and may also look like things are falling apart, but in that awaken it's it's a period of destruction to cause an awakening for for you to then create something different but it's very easy to fall back into the same pattern because we're scared so my you know the book for me is attempting to give people the power their superpowers back so they can change and not keep falling into those patterns 
What's your number one non-negotiable in your own life's journey to be your best self and why? That's a really good question and I don't know that I have only one. I'm going to force you to pick one. (laughs) That's a really hard question. I would say uh, looking after my health. Yeah. Not sacrificing my health. And I have, so, you know, it's not that I haven't veered off the path, but I would say health because if you don't have that, you don't really have anything. No, and and it sounds like a cliche, but I think for a lot of people who, you know, during the pandemic or post-pandemic or wherever we're at in the world, it everyone's burnt out in a different way. Yes. Um, looks different for different people. Everyone is a little bit been doing it all for too long. So I think a lot of people value their health because they've had a chance to see a different type of reality as well like when lockdowns and you know people suddenly didn't have to commute everywhere and they could exercise daily and you know there's always good and bad things about whatever's forced upon you but I think sometimes for people it really was an awakening that oh my goodness I could actually have a better happier healthier life if I could you know maybe only go into the office two days a week now and be able to have more time for myself and exercise and eat well and not be racing around so I think a lot of people will be in a similar position where they've really re-evaluated where they're at and what they're willing to not just do but what they're willing to not do again. And I think that's true for myself and a lot of women I know in their 40s as well. We're just like not, not doing 100,000 things a week anymore, don't need to be out every night having dinners and networking. It's much more selective in what we've chosen to do because we're prioritising ourselves. I think so. I think it's that big value shift. I think a lot, the you know, that forced stop has allowed people to go back and look at one what's important two what are my values and wow how how long have I been compromising what's important to me like that's enough exactly Um, and but it does then it's still easy to fall back into that so what structures is a person going to put in place in order to support that change of or well I don't know if it's a change realignment with one's values more than likely so then going back to the core of what's important to you, what structures are you going to put in place to support that change moving forward so you don't fall back into what you know has worked to a degree, but at the same time it also hasn't worked because most people, like you say, uh, have a level of burnout. What's the best advice you've ever been given and why? To keep going. And that sounds you know, simple, weird, whatever, because what the, and I'll give context around what that person, why that advice was so important to me was, and it comes up when, when I hit in a, what feels like a new direction or if I make a change, it gets cloudy, right? Like things get messy when you make a change. It's a bit like if you clean your house and you want to tidy up your house in that, tidying it gets so much more messy and the new structure and the new cleanliness and the new way your house is laid out only comes after continuation you've got to go through the mess the messiness even when you can't see what it's necessarily going to look like when you're in the thick of that messiness so that has been the best piece of advice is hold on to the picture of what you want to create and keep going through the mess of it all because as long as you're taking a step forward then you will get there 
you know. Yeah, it's a one step at a time thing. You know, how, how do you eat an elephant kind of analogy, isn't it? It's um, it's one bite at a time. And it is, but it's annoying, that. right? It's annoying and it's annoying if you're impatient like me. That's sort and of I, me too. once it's- things done and I move quickly and I just, you know, if I want to do something, I can't see why I've got to wait, you know. Like Absolutely. And I hated that piece of advice, Amber, by the way. <laughs> it gave me the absolute, you know, what's because I'm thinking that's a worst piece of advice you've ever told me or I've ever heard I don't want to just keep doing the same thing isn't that the definition of insanity or you know continue on but it's actually not if it's in the direction and sometimes there's days where it looks like you're making zero progress whatsoever and then the most frustrating days but it's just holding on to that vision of what you want to create and just take even if it's the teeniest tiniest step in the world but and that might be it might not be a day that, you you know, it might be that week you've taken one step because that's all that that could work out for that week. That's okay too. It's that the forward, but that forward momentum builds upon itself. But, yes, it is it is frustrating advice. If we spoke again in a year's time, Alison, what would be your number one goal to have achieved? I wouldn't really want to make a difference in over a 1,000 women's lives for them to live, help them live in a authentic life to themselves where they have a hold of their superpowers and they are not burning themselves out yeah that sounds great well that is an amazing goal I'm sure you will get there one woman at a time because we have to break it down of course that's right Um, what would be your final takeaway message for us today on the politics of female empowerment I think that the main takeaway message is your voice is important and who you are is important your authenticness deserves to be heard and don't ever let anyone ever tell you any different and get the supports in place around you so you can be who you truly are. I think that's great advice for everybody, not just women. So thank you so much, Alison, for your time today. And if you do want to connect further with Alison Wheeler, there will be some details on the show notes. Until next time, take care. Thank you so much. Thanks, Amber. If you're interested in investing in the future of podcasting, I have an opportunity which might interest you. Zencaster has been my platform of choice since I began recording the politics of everything in 2017. They now have an opportunity to join in their crowdfunding action. So I want you to jump on and have a look at wefunder.com forward slash Zencaster. That is W-E-F-U-N-D-E-R.com forward slash Zencaster and see if this is an opportunity which might interest you. What I love about Zencaster is you can record, produce, host, analyze, and monetize all in one platform. I think it's a great chance for you to have a look at if this something might interest you. If you want to invest, jump on. Thanks so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the politics of everything, I thrive on your feedback. So please add a short review and share the podcast with your network through Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. I'm always on the hunt for new and diverse guests. So if you or someone you know has a fresh idea you're busting to get out there, please email me at amber at amberdanes.com and my crew will get back to you very soon.